Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, September 2, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have much of what we had yesterday, the day before, and the day before that. We're leading into the holiday weekend. The market has been very quiet. We've been waiting on, and I'm using the air quotes, the phony jobs number on Friday morning. Can you believe, quote unquote, they've been waiting on the phony jobs number? Now, we don't know whether that's true or not. Who is they've been waiting for? The entire market even knows about the phony jobs number on Friday? No, but when the market's quiet and there's something coming later on, a day or two or three later, it's an easy excuse for we're waiting on fill in the blank. We're waiting on the Fed minutes. We're waiting on the Fed interest rate announcement. We're waiting on the phony jobs number. We're waiting on GDP, CPI, ABC. Fill in the blank. It doesn't matter what the item is. We're waiting on something to move the market. Okay, so that's where we are. 8.30 a.m. Friday morning. They'll come out with the phony jobs number. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. Here's what we need to know. It's unlikely, it can happen, we'll talk about that in a moment, but it's unlikely that they drop the market out of bed, right? On the phone, unless it's some whacked out number that nobody really expects. I don't even know what the numbers are, what the expectations are. All I know is under normal garden variety conditions, they're going to use it as an excuse to goose the market into the holiday weekend they do that about 87 out of 100 times with this type of arrangement slash setup. You're in a bull market. You're in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until she throws a suitcase full of your clothes out the window. All the ingredients leading into a holiday weekend, all the ingredients are there for the goose. What's the goose? They're going to send the market up into the closing bell, into the close of the week, into a holiday weekend, everybody is elated, the market finishes at new all-time highs once again, and everybody goes about their business. That's the way it's going to go out the majority of the time. Now, we use the 80-20 rule. This one's actually a little more than 80-20, but can the other thing happen? Yeah, the other thing can happen, and we're going to discuss what we're looking for by the opening bell, or if they're teetering around the opening bell, what are the numbers that are important that we have to watch out for where they may not be, quote-unquote, goosing the tape? 450.71 is that spot. Now, if they're down there and they open below that number, it doesn't have to be an all-out collapse, but that certainly is not the bullish thing that would be happening by the opening bell. Here's what we're looking at. So if you look at this candle here from the 30th, the low of that candle happens to be 450.70. So every day since then, that was the gap up. And then every day since then, we've basically just been running sideways, eating time off the clock. Now, if they came down to fill the gap, that's one thing. But are they really going to do it Friday morning and then take off again back to the upside? Or would they just leave the gap alone, have a gap and go, which is the more likely scenario. We don't know. This is a hypothesis. We're just guessing 
before the thing actually happens. But it doesn't matter because we know what the thing is. Either they're going to close them strong into the holiday weekend, or they're going to have a sell day, and the first order of business is, are they getting below 450.71? And if they do, then there's a gap below, they'll fill that, and then inside the number members will have a beat on the rest of the stuff that would be needed in real time if they're going down south. Here's an hourly chart. Just from a visual perspective, let me just throw something at you. So from here, they come down, they gap up, and they run up a little bit, and they have what's called distribution in the afternoon, and they gap up again, and they have more distribution in the afternoon. Do you see a theme? So we ran up here, distribution. Gap up, run up a little more, distribution. Gap up, distribution. So what we have here is kind of some symmetry going on. Now, are we going to continue that symmetry into tomorrow and beyond? That would mean we're likely to have some kind of a gap up tomorrow. We don't know about the pullback part, but certainly if we're going to continue, the next thing would be another gap up. We don't know that's going to happen. I'm just looking at this hourly chart from a symmetrical standpoint that would make logical sense. It's not a trade. It's not from technical analysis 101. It's just from a visual perspective, what they've been doing, they'll keep doing until they decide to do something else. Let's run through some inside the number stuff. We'll run up the commentary and then we'll circle back to stocks on the move. I want you to pay attention to a couple of important numbers. Maybe get out a pencil, get out a sticky note, and write a couple of things down. 452.71 is the spot. Write that down. Now, we're going to come back to this stuff a little bit later. 452.71 is your horizontal line. Right at the vertical is today's activity, but you already knew that. The question is, this was resistance late in the day. How did I know that was going to be resistance late in the day, early in the morning before the opening bell? It's an important number. They can be support. They can be resistance. It depends on where price is. Important numbers are important numbers. A lot of traders misconceive what support and resistance is. They say, well, it's support. No, it's an important number. It could be resistance. Where's price currently? Well, price is above. Yeah, then it's support. But once price is below, it doesn't get wiped off the board. It's still there if you have the correct numbers. There's always a caveat. If you don't have the correct numbers, you're spinning your wheels in the sand. It's like three monkeys humping a football. We'll come back to this chart later. You'll see here, 452.71, opening above or getting above is the first hint new highs are on the docket. It's the early pre-market pivot. Now, if they run an early shakeout operation, the zone between 252.15 and four, it's 452.15 and 451.80 is the support spot where we would expect buyers to show up and cause price to go back in the other direction for at least the scalp trade. Back to the visual representation. How about 452.15? That was, in fact, support wasn't low of day. It was close enough to low of day. And then they ripped back up in the other direction twice. Consider this for a moment. All this stuff is at zero dark 30, has nothing to do with price action 
after the opening bell. These were the numbers that were important to me before the day even started. I didn't even have coffee before I put these numbers on the board. So now that we saw all that, I'm going to scroll up a little bit. You can pause the video, go back to the chart, read the notes, and double check the work. In the interest of time, I'm going to show you everything there is, but you already saw the whole thing. You saw the numbers, you saw where the market stopped, you saw where it turned around, whether it was resistance or support. We had the thing lock, stock, and barrel before the opening bell even rang. So therefore, the rest of it, if you're interested for inside the numbers. So for example, if you're an active trader during the trading day, if you would like to be an active trader during the trading day, and you're trading in the SPY, options on the SPY, the exchange-traded products or leveraged products that track the SPY, this is an opportunity because I'm providing you not only the numbers, but I'm providing you the commentary in whether or not we're into resistance, take profit here, buy it here, can do, can't do, do because of, don't do because of. All that stuff is in here. This is the PhD part of what I'm doing. Let's take a look at stocks on the move. We had a healthy list before the opening bell and we had a late addition. The first one on the board was Visa. That was put on the board after the market started trading. It popped up on my radar screen, put it on the board. It produced a nice trade. We're going to take a look at that one. We're going to take a look at AEO, FIVE, and SWBI. The other ones did not hit their price targets or entry objectives, so they're off the board. We want the ones that come into the prices and in the manner in which we want it. Those are the trades that we want. The rest, they're somebody else's trades. They're for somebody else. So here we have a five-minute chart of Visa. It was getting a haircut after the opening bell, started coming down pretty heavily, and I identified 223.15 and another number at 220.93. Didn't get to the second number, but you can see pretty clearly what happened. First, it came into 223.15, gave you half of a deal, half a base hit, came a little bit lower, turned around, gave you the full Monty. If you read the notes, what I told traders was, as we got into that middle of the day period of time, that I was going to take less on the trade off the table because I wasn't going to wait. I didn't want to sit around. When the market gets slower, it's very difficult to get exactly what you want out of the trade. You can't expect the same thing out of a trade that you take at 935 with a lot of volatility in the market and the market whipping around. You have a lot of participation later on when the volume is lower, the volatility is sucked out of the market, and it's very quiet, you have to have different kind of expectations in terms of what kind of bounce you're looking for, what type of profit you're looking for. Not to say they're not going to give you the full Monty, just to say I wasn't willing to sit around, so I told traders what I was thinking. Remember, inside my head, you know the routine. About American Eagle, AEO, this one did not hit, however... The low of day, 26.47 against my entry target of 26.46. And then it went on a little rocket ride. The high here, just minutes later, 28.04. A buck and a half on a $26 stock is a big deal in 15 minutes. 
Why do I bring this one up? Why are we even looking at the chart? Because there were traders that front-run the number. I know that. You know that. The fans at home know that. I can't help that. I put numbers out. They're my numbers. I take them at or below my numbers. I don't take them in front of my numbers. Some traders do. Sometimes it works for them. Sometimes they get a pie in the face as a result of doing that. It works out to where if you just do it at my numbers, it works the majority of the time. You miss some trades. You get in some trades. It all equals out in the end. By the way, just to be clear, I'm not advocating front-running the number. How about FIVE, five below, getting a buzz cut at the open? Now, I didn't take this trade, and I'm going to explain why. So here, they come in, but they miss the number. The low was 195.22, and they go sideways for a little while, and they do almost the minimum required base hit. So for example, in this candle, the high was 196.64. So let's just say for rounding purposes, they bounce up a buck and a half, and they still go sideways, and they're not really doing it in the manner in which I prefer. So this is one of those situations where I just simply took a pass on the trade. It's always trader's choice. I explain to you every single day that I only want the trades that come in in the manner in which I like them. It doesn't mean this one couldn't have worked. Sometimes they just go sideways for a while. They come into the number, and then they take off. So they didn't do it in the manner in which I like, but that doesn't mean it won't work. But I know from years and years of experience of doing this, if I just leave the ones that don't do it in the manner in which I like, if I leave those alone, I'm going to miss out on some ones that would have been losers. And guess what? To me, that's a better situation than the FOMO stuff of missing out on the ones that would have been winners. I would rather not lose than the opportunity cost or miss an opportunity, if that makes any sense. It all goes to the bottom line. Your profitability changes if you leave some of the losers on the table. I'll take less trades with less losers. How about Smith & Wesson? Now, I have a one-minute chart here because you have to see and appreciate the rodeo. Two numbers on the board, bright and early. 23.18, 22.45. So what you can see here is they open the day at 23.20. They come into 23.18, go a little bit lower, go back up, and you can see the high in this candle was 23.50. So they did more than the minimum required base. It doesn't look like much, but when you're talking about a $23 stock, if you're looking for a reasonable day traders type of scalp trade, then you're taking... 25, 30 cents off the table when you get it in a second. Even if you're taking half, then what happened? They come down to the second number, and then what do they do? They rip back up over the first number. So they gave you either way you wanted to do it. First number or first and second number, they gave you the deal. That's it. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, yesterday and the day before and several times before that, we said if they get through this spot, the 225.50 to 226.50 in that neighborhood. If they get through there, the next major spot is 229 to 230. What was the high today? Well, you'll be surprised to know that the high happened to be 229.84. So they went right into the spot that we discussed. Why is that? Because these prices are magnetic. If price is headed in the direction of one of these important spots, 
then the important spot acts magnetic and draws price in. That's the way it works. And then resistance means not that they turn around and go back in the other direction. Sometimes they do. But it first means it's a two-prong approach. It first means that price stops going up from where it came. That's the definition of resistance. It's resisting price from going any higher. 229 to 230 was resistance. What happens if they goose the market tomorrow and the S&P is up and the Dow is up and the Qs are up? Is the IWM going to be up? And the answer is most likely it will be. Where would it be going? How about 232, 232 and a quarter in that neighborhood? That's the next spot of interest. It's the next important number. And if price begins to go in that direction, it will become magnetic and draw price in. That's the way it works. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Remember, 14760 Today was a positive day. They had a nice big up day. They're approaching 15000 They've already knocked on the door of 15000 So let me just show you the first thing that jumped off the page at me. I think this is a good exercise. So the thing has been riding underneath the 100-period moving average. Okay, fair enough. That's this purple trend line. So it ran up to that, and it pulled back. So we know that that price area is important. So it tried it again, and it pulled back, but here we are. So really have not failed on the second attempt, and they're going to make another attempt to get up to this pivot over here, this high, which is, let's just call it just short of 15000 happens to coincide with right around the same spot as the 100-period moving average. They've already been up here. They're going into a holiday weekend. If they goose the market, what are the odds that that spot is A, resistance, or B, they bust through it and close over the 100-period moving average, going to the next important spot? If they're going to goose the market, it's going to be the latter of the two. If they do that, then the next target becomes in the vicinity of 15,350. Doesn't mean tomorrow, it means sometime next week. Remember, we're coming into an important cycle time frame. Maybe the market trades down into a cycle time frame, maybe it trades up into a cycle time frame. We don't know which one, but right now it's trading up, so let it go. It's trading up into a cycle time frame. That's going to create an opportunity. What about the Silicon Valley people, the Q people, anything going here? No, they're just eating time off the clock. 27 cents is a rounding error. We can simply move it along. They're still in the midst of a melt-up operation. The financials, the XLF, they're holding the 20-period moving average. That's it. They're very close to the highs. They're 70 cents off the highs, give or take. There's not a lot to do here other than wait for the XLF to give us, meaning the traders, some kind of a signal that it's going to do the next thing. Right now, it's just going sideways. That's not telling us anything. It's not an information dump that gives us a trade around the corner. If they're coming into a resistance zone or they're coming into a support zone, that's something different. If they're doing something on time, that's something different. If they begin to give you a full stack, that's something different. Right here, we don't even have a short stack. Maybe some traders would want to say, well, they made a double top, so they ran up, made a top here, 
and then they pulled back, and then they went up and made a top here and pulled back again. They couldn't get through. That's fine, but that doesn't tell you anything because when you look at the bigger picture, they're trending higher. They're above all the moving averages. On the weekly chart, it's just an uptrend, and you clear away the daily stuff and the shorter time frame stuff, and going back and forth is part and parcel to how the market works. But the XLF on the daily chart isn't telling us anything about what the biggest next likely scenario is. If you don't have it, you don't have a trade on your hands, you just move it along, you continue to analyze a chart, and I'm obviously doing this not really only specific to the XLF, I'm giving you the thought process for how we do what we do. So when you get to a chart and there's really nothing imminent that you can say, hey, it should do this because of this, then you just move it along and you look at it the next day and the next day and the next day. And then when you see something develop, you kind of give it that closer look. You start to write down some numbers. You start to put some lines on the chart. You start to watch what they do. And then when they start to do the thing that you thought they were going to do and that you think that they're going to do, they're going to culminate somewhere, then you can put a trade on. You're either trading it to get to the certain spot or you're trading it at the certain spot. And after all that, if you don't already think I'm bonkers, you will now think I'm bonkers. What about Smash Mouth? What's going on with the semiconductors, which incidentally is a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole? They made a new high, and now they're simply eating time off the clock inside of the most recent breakup candle low. That's it. That's all you need to know. If they come below the most recent breakup candle low, then you contend with the 20-period moving average. If that doesn't hold, you contend with the next spot. That's the way this works. It goes in steps, one at a time. Each step is a candle, one at a time. One daily candle at a time, one hourly candle at a time, whatever the time frame is that you're looking at. Here, they're just running sideways, eating time off the clock. After making a new high, there's been no rejection. This is called a mild pullback. A rejection is when you see them come up to a price and then do this. That's being rejected. When they do this, they're just not ready to go higher yet, and hence, eating time off the clock, building energy to make the next move. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.